welcome back to season two, episode three of the For Dog's Sake podcast. Today we've got a very light episode for you because we know last week was quite heavy. Um, it is enrichment ideas on a budget. We know everyone's struggling a bit at the moment and there are lots of fun and creative ways that you can give your dog enrichment and mental stimulation without needing to spend a fortune on expensive toys. As always, you've got myself, Louise Campbell-Pearson, founder and trainer at Canine Friends Training and Behaviour, and we've got the lovely Jay Gurdon of Good Guardianship and Blue Mile Minion. And Jay has got a really easy one to start us off with for our enrichment ideas on a budget. It's one of my absolute favourite things to do, and that is something that we call the Sniffari or the Sniffy Walk. Now, I have to caveat that with if you are working on loosely walking and your dog is a lead puller, this one isn't so great, but if you have got that loosely walking down letting the dog have their time to sniff where they like and as much as you can letting them decide where they go and explore yeah, as long as it's safe to do yeah, so safety in mind yeah, as long yeah. as it's safe to do so and you're able to be there you know you're, you're not marching into somebody's garden or whatever letting the dog go and explore what they want it's fantastic enrichment for them dogs use scent as their primary sense of process in the world and this is such a great way to exercise their brains. And as we know, exercising brains can be every bit as tiring as physical exercise. And it is fantastic enrichment for them. It, it really is. I always say to people that when, um, you know, when, when, when they're going, when I'm explaining to them how important uh, mental stimulation or and or enrichment is, because they are sometimes slightly different things, um, it's a bit like you've, we've all done that drive where we've had to drive four or five hours somewhere. We've not done a single thing that's physical, but we're exhausted when we get there. How tired are you after a long drive? Like that's what it's like when your dog is is using their brain. It's the same kind of thing. This is the primary way that they interpret and discover their world. You know, their their capacity for analyzing scent is something like 40 times ours you know they are that much more sensitive in what they can smell um they have that much more of their brain which is dedicated to analyzing smell it really is one of the greatest forms of enrichment we can do letting them do natural dog stuff letting them be dogs you know and the greatest thing is other than a bit of time it's free it costs nothing you know it costs nothing Cost nothing other than time. Um, sorry, I'm laughing because my own dog Luna sat next to me with it with a yak chew in her mouth, and it looks like she's sitting there with a, with a cigar on the Zoom, and it's really making me laugh. <laughs> Hi, Luna. <laughs> you can chew your yak chew, yes. <laughs> um, anyway, back to enrichment on a budget. But yes, yeah, so sniff walks are a really, really great way and a easy way cheap way it gets in a little bit of exercise as well you know in that you know you're out and about you're in the environment they're not stuck in the home environment it's and also it's actually decompression time for you as well the handler the owner the guardian um you are actually just you're not worrying about oh we've got to do a mile walk today we've got to walk an hour you know and do as far as possible it's actually just a bit more chilled for everyone involved and actually i think the dogs pick up on that as well because you're just a bit more like whatever yeah have a sniff there kind of as long as you want and chill subject to us it being it being safe of course as we've mentioned but really really don't underestimate the power of a sniffari yeah i think one of one of my favorite sniffaries that i ever did with my dog um we did in 20 minutes we went 10 meters yeah <laughs> and it was fantastic um you know one other thing i would say when you do this 
like you, you so often see if people do let their dog stop for a sniff, you know, they're there on their phones. Don't do that. Put your phone in your pocket. Watch your dog. I promise it seems like a strange thing to be fun to watch, but watching your dog sniffing and you know, how, watching them work their nose and interpret their world, it's fascinating. Yeah. And it is really relaxing for us as well. Like yeah. you say, it, it, that really does help with decompression for us as well. Yes. You know, it's a bit, of, it's a bit of, you know, meditation, mindfulness, you know, put your phone away have 20 minutes out even if it's 10 minutes to be honest it doesn't matter like you know it's just something for for you both um that can be really and it's a really good you know bond thing you're not breaking any bound down any barriers between you you kind of being very cooperative would probably be the right word so number two on our list of enrichment ideas on a budget is DIY food puzzles I'm going to leave this one very much to Jay to talk about because she's written blog on it she does it herself at home a lot I'm a bit more lazy and have bought the toys, but you know, Jay, Jay, Jay's more more experienced in these DIY food puzzles. And actually, I'm intrigued to learn myself about some creative ways I can do some more stuff with Nina at home. One of my favourite things to do is to actually have a route through like the household recycling, because if you think mm-hmm. about it, like if you have a recycling collection, you have all those cardboard boxes, cereal boxes, toilet roll tubes, plastic bottles, and you know all of those things with a little bit of thought and care we can use to make. DIY food puzzles. One of the simplest ones um, that is great for starting out is to get toilet roll tubes and you just hide some food inside, hide some treats inside, and just crimp the ends over. So, you know, they have to work out how to get that open to get the food inside. Or you can get a cardboard box and put loads of them inside. Honestly, my bathroom, like I have like 30 toilet roll tubes sitting there waiting for me to make a new box up. And literally just stand them up in a cardboard box and sprinkle food. And then the dog has a great time throwing toilet roll tubes everywhere to actually get to the food in the bottom of the box. And if your dog's not a cardboard eater, they can also have fantastic time ripping the cardboard up afterwards. It's messy. It does take some tidying up. We we went to a cafe the other day and actually she was a little bit bored. So I gave her our like recyclable coffee cup tray. Um, to to kind of go through, I picked it all up afterwards, but I didn't just leave it because um, she just she doesn't she doesn't swallow um, cardboard. She doesn't she doesn't eat it. She spits it back out. So I was really happy that that she was safe to do that. Um, and I obviously did watch her as well to make sure she was safe. Mm. Um, but these aren't things, by the way. I do want to state this is not stuff that should be without supervision. So just to be clear, you don't yeah. have to be like closely obsessively watching them, but you need to be in the room. You need to be around. Um, but yes, yeah, so, and she she sat there for like a good 10 minutes and just just teared it up. And it was a great time. I cleared it all up afterwards and put it in the recycling. Um, so, yeah, I think I have actually done a few DIY things just without realising. <laughs> and the great thing is by using all the different kinds of household recycling you have, you can make different levels of toy because you, know, you, you can have the toilet roll tubes with the ends folded over. You can put them inside a, a, a cereal box. Yeah, you can put boxes inside boxes. And as your dog gets more confident with it, you can increase the difficulty. Another one that we have good fun with um, is plastic bottles. If you have, obviously, we're all trying to cut down on plastic use now, so we have less of these than we used to. But you are reusing them for another purpose, so they're being repurposed. Yes, yeah. Everything that comes in that can possibly be reused to entertain a dog in this house does get used to entertain a dog. Um, You can put some treats inside for them to bat around and to roll it out so they can roll it around you can put holes in the side yeah if you sort of do it very carefully yeah. you can put holes in the side so as they roll it it fall, they fall out. Come out you can put the and lid back on, on yeah and then yeah. they just roll it around 
yeah, depending on the difficulties, how many holes you put in. So the, the better they get at it, the less holes you have. Or mm-hmm. what you can also do, um, I've seen like really expensive toys of this, but I've also seen homemade versions. If you get some of, say, you know, like the 500 mil bottles that Coke comes in. Yeah. You get some of those, poke holes through each side, put a bit of doweling through and put them on a frame. So the dog actually has to hit them with their paw to spin yeah yeah, yeah. And then the tree i've comes seen out the that bottom. yeah i've seen expensive I've seen versions that. of that but i've also seen great homemade versions i've also seen it where they've almost got like um bits of like little felt that they through the holes and they can pull it out like fleece like fleece like the people have taken a yeah. cup hole jumpers and they put, yes. put little fleece bits through it the holes obviously the holes yeah, are a bit yeah bigger, and you can then they can then pull and tear out at yeah. one at a time the bits of fleece and then you stuff it back in and it's like a sort of game again yeah, and you can actually, you can sort of like roll the, the bits of fleece up so there's treats inside. So as they pull them out, they're pulling treats out. But then there's also, they then have to roll the bottle round as well. They can get hours of fun out of it. Again, as Louise said just now, you know, always supervised, especially if you have a plastic bottle, one of the ones where you're leaving a lid on. Um, you know, you, yeah, you have to, you have to judge on up. if yeah. your dog is likely to try and chew the lid off and swallow it. Safety is obviously important with all these things. And, and actually, one, one I've just remembered that I that I did um, with Luna and I used to do it with home boarders back when I was a licensed home boarder um, uh, when they'd come to stay and just to give them a bit of decompression time, get an old towel and roll up some treats in it. Or if they're on dry food, we can roll up their breakfast in it. Um, Just literally like lay it flat and sprinkle the food all over it and just roll like tightly roll it up. Um, like, uh, would it be width, weight, length, way? So whatever way, so it's sort of like you're rolling up the length of the towel, right? So it's there's quite a lot of it to get through. And what you do is when you first introduce your dog to it, and this this applies to all enrichment, um, like puzzle, food puzzles, you want to make it as easy for them as possible at first so that they don't get frustrated. So with the towel one, you would leave a little bit of towel open if you like and not rolled up with some treats there with maybe one little treat poked under to to pique their curiosity so that maybe they sniff and go well what's in there and then they might you know in the sniffing they will nap the the towel naturally start to unroll and then they figure it out so we want them to use their brains we don't make it too easy but equally we don't want them to get frustrated or disinterested so you want to kind of hit that sweet spot this will also vary from breed to breed so um my luna is a cocker spaniel which a lot of you know she's very scent driven it wouldn't i probably wouldn't even have to do that for her whereas another breed that isn't so scent driven isn't going to follow their nose as much and is quick to frustration may not naturally think to get their nose buried in that towel without leaving a bit out open on the end something else you can do i'm sure we've all seen like the snuffle mats that you can buy you can actually make your own version of those at home what you can do is you know those sort of old-fashioned plastic draining mats that you can get to go on draining boards for like before we all had dishwashers and had to do washing up by hand because I'm old and I remember that. Yeah. If you get one of those and some strips of like old fleece that you don't wear anymore or old T-shirts, something that hasn't got threads that can be pulled out because that can be dangerous, they can swallow it and it can wrap around their jaws. You cut those into strips and you can tie them onto this, this like draining mat and you can make your own forage mat to hide food in nice and you you can make it as difficult as you want because the more strands of the fabric you put in the more difficult it is so you can start out with an easy one if your dog's never had one before where it's easy for them to root amongst all of the bits of fabric and as they get sort of more experience because obviously you have to remake them occasionally 
you can just add more and more and more. So it's that bit more difficult for them. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. There's honestly, um, there's some really great like resources where you can find lots of ideas. I think, you know, back in the day, I don't know if it's still running, but there was a group on Facebook called Canine Enrichment Ideas. Um, I think it is around. It has like tens tens of if not hundreds of thousands of members worldwide yeah there's canine enrichment ideas there's also canine enrichment which is a group started by shay kelly who wrote a book on the topic oh yeah uh, which has loads of ideas i actually think i did something with canine principles with shay and enrichment yeah yeah there was a workshop yeah i've done that yeah there's a, a workshop in the skills hub it yeah. was a it was a while ago because <laughs> i don't clearly it's coming back to me now as i'm speaking to you <laughs> I do remember that. His his book is also fantastic and has loads of ideas. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Um, those those two groups, there are so many ideas in there. Again, you know, a lot of them will be the things that you can buy, but there are lots of them that are these sort of like DIY versions. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then one thing that people often actually forget about, and it's going to sound really silly, but training actually doing some training with your dog a lot of people think my dog knows it my dog knows they down my dog knows this my dog knows that you don't need to do training anymore training is in my opinion should be a vital part of every dog's daily occurrence even if it's just five minutes getting their brain going particularly if you've got a working breed that's not using their brain you know we got to get these dogs or smart depends any dog but we've got to get these dogs brains working and because Enrichment really, really can help in actually preventing a lot of behavioural issues from developing. There's obviously, you know, things that can happen. You could be doing enrichment and training with a dog every day and something external or their genetics could cause that. But it really, really can help at a base level if we're providing this the dog what they need at a fundamental level, which is physical exercise and mental enrichment and stimulation like us humans. This is something that is close to both our hearts because we both have high energy breeds obviously louise has her cock spaniel i have border collies um so we have to find these ways to exercise their brains because otherwise i i i'm not entirely sure that my house could cope <laughs> with a border collie full of energy yeah no um, me neither <laughs> the important thing to remember is that training doesn't have to mean necessarily the serious stuff you can teach fun stuff as well yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I've taught my dog to open cupboard doors. I did realise that the door that I taught him to open was where the treats lived, so I had to move <laughs> them quite quickly. So maybe think about your location a little bit. Yeah. I learned that one very quickly. Yeah, yeah. it's also like I personally am not a fan of teaching your dogs to speak because then they don't want to stop. <laughs> like, speak, bark. I'm going to bark all the time because this has been really rewarding. <laughs> Funnily enough, I find it the other way. If you teach them to speak on cue, yeah. it's easier to get them to quiet. Yeah. Because if they only bark when you ask for it and they don't get rewarded for it at any other time, it's one of those things, I think, where it depends very much depends on the individual in, dog. It depends on the dog and it depends how it's taught. Yeah. It, it yeah. really does. Um, but I have seen it where I've gone to clients' houses and they've, they've just rewarded the barking to teach it like just whenever and then the dog's like okay I'm gonna bark more particularly if you've got a laterally like vocal breed maybe like a dash hound <laughs> um and that was the particular case that I saw was a dash hound <laughs> so I'm they do like the sound of their own voices yes, they? they're very chatty they're very chatty <laughs> but yeah to training like a lot of times people forget like you know you can 
work on stuff that they already know as well like really perfect that stay like stay is a great one for building up um frustration tolerance and things like that because they're having to to sit with some stuff and um and you know Luna's stay is pretty good now like I could say stay and walk all the way upstairs into my bedroom make a sound come back down and she's still there so you know but that's just because we work on it every day and also even if you've got to the stage where your dog's got an advanced stay for example or an advanced down stay there's nothing wrong with continuing to do it because you're only reinforcing it more um, if you equally stop working on these things you never practice them they may well start to not not be as effective so it's a really good way to maintain your training at your basic level and it's a really great way to promote bo- a bond with a positive relationship with your dog and it's a really great way to keep their brains occupied so you know i said i said, saw a client the other day i said look can we just commit to five minutes a day five days a week can you do that to start off with? they were like yeah that's easy and i was like okay do that for a couple of weeks and then if that's achievable let's up it to 10 minutes a day five days a week you know start with something ease that you can easily maintain and build from it don't be like i'm gonna do an hour of training every day seven days a week and it might not be achievable for you to start off with particularly if it's something you weren't doing prior to that i mean we're talking touching on human psychology and behavior here but you know set yourself a realistic target so that it's achievable for both you and your dog i think if i tried to do an hour a day every day my dog would leave home you know he enjoys his training but not that much yeah yeah you can you can overkill as well yeah um definitely you know it is just giving them some outlets throughout the day so so many people think of training as this hard thing that we have to do and it can be a lot of fun you know it can be enjoyable you're working together and so many dogs really really enjoy that sort of working closely with their people i mean again i have a working breed who is particularly been developed over generations for working closely with people so i mean you know if he sees me pick up a clicker he is there he's in front of me like what are we doing and if i'm not quick enough he will throw everything he knows at me just to see what's going to work (laughs) sit down spin stay middle what are we doing (laughs) he did once attempt a sit and a spin at the same time and it was quite possibly (laughs) the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life (laughs) it's just this ball of air going everywhere luna does this whenever i get stuff out to do training um it literally you just get this repetition of them all i get like a paw thrown at me lay down sit uh, you know and then and then she'll kind of get frustrated and I'm like I'm coming <laughs> it's coming <laughs> bear with me but it just shows how much our dogs actually enjoy training you know, when, when we do it in a fun and positive way because no matter how serious it is that what you're actually co- uh, training or coaching with them if we do it in a fun way it's going to go in much better they're going to be keener to learn so they are actually going to learn faster and more effectively yeah absolutely and also like I always say to clients, like when I'm teaching them to teach their dogs new things, I'm like, isn't this fun? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, it is fun. Like, it is fun to sort of do that kind of stuff with your dog. So, you know, this is, this stuff's good for us and us as humans. Like, for me, it's great stress relief. I said to, I literally said to Jay, uh, when was it? Last week, end of last week? I can't remember when it was, but I'd had a really, really bad day and I was feeling really down. And I, and I went out for a walk with Luna and we came back and we did some training and it was just like therapy. Like it was like a reset for me. Obviously I, <laughs> I do this. So clearly I have a real passion for it as just Jay and we geek out, on, geek out on it. But at the end of the day, I'm not working as a trainer in that capacity. I'm doing stuff that I enjoy with my dog. 
and and it is so and it's it's great for promoting a fantastic relationship as well and if you do it in the right mindset and you approach it with the right mindset it's really fun yeah exactly yeah as louise has just said we are both massively into the whole thing of training and we we do we geek over it together endlessly but we got into it because we enjoy it because it's fun you know and I expect Louise is the same as me. I love spreading to other people the idea that this is fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just massively, massively. And it's that whole interactive thing, which leads me nicely on to our next topic, which is interaction in the form of fun and games, which, you know, again, is so, so rewarding. One of my favourite things to do is I ask my dog, he stay in the kitchen because his, his stays quite good as well. And I wander around the house, dropping treats, you know, just like dry treats. Um, he's raw fed, so I can't do it with his food. So we have to do it with treats. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go to the kitchen and he might run in a minute when he hears this. And I cue, go find. And then he goes around the whole house using that nose again to go and find find the bits of treat. And, you know, that that is one yeah. of his favourite things. And yeah, you see him going along with his nose on the floor and the tail up, and he is just having such a great time. You know, that that actually is one of the things I wanted to mention as well while we're on the topic of using your nose. Don't forget, guys, if you have a garden with grass, it is a giant snuffle mat. Utilise it. You know, if your dog is on dry food, feed them maybe one meal a day out of there. Jay and I are very pro, by the way, that not every meal your dog should have to work for. Your dog should be able to have a meal a day um, or some throughout the week where they just get it and they don't have to work for it. Um, but equally, food can be used as a way to, to use as mental stimulation. So, you know, if you want to give your dogs breakfast in scattered in the garden, if it's not raining so it doesn't go all to mush, then that is that's something that's, that's, that's free and something that they were going to eat anyway in their day-to-day. So, yeah, don't forget, gardens are giant snuffle mats. One of the things that I love the best in summer, like, you know, you get those really nice, like, summer evenings, um, is, yeah, as long as he's had his breakfast in a bowl, he will get his last meal of the day scattered out in the garden. And uh, I can sit there with a drink in one hand <laughs> and just watch him. And that is, it is so rewarding to watch them work when they get into doing this. And there are all kinds of interactive games that we can play as well. Um, sort of like going on from the hiding food. You can actually play hide and seek with your dog. Oh, yeah. I, a few people I know do this with their with their dogs. Yeah. You know, it, it works kind of best maybe if you have someone who can contain your dog so that you can go and hide because if you call them, then they've got clues to where you are. It's a great one to do with kids. Really good one to get yeah. the kids involved. You hold the dog, you tell the kids to go hide and, and, and you kind of kind of do that yeah. you have to prompt the dog at first to kind of know what to do but jay will talk you through how to do that it's, it's very much like training anything else you start very simply um just you know you can even sort of lure your dog to to whoever it is that you want them to find and sort of reward them when they get there you know you can like click as a mark and reward or you can just you know the, the person can hand over a treat and then you can start just expand that a bit and have the person go and stand in another room yeah, you know, just sort of like in the next room to start with, and then just gradually build the difficulty until, like we say, you have the dog contained until the person is hidden, and then they have to go and hunt around yeah. the house. Yeah, it's a great one to do with kids. Sorry, yeah. Luna is like in the way of my microphone, <laughs> so hopefully she really yeah, is the cutest she, thing though. So she's definitely yeah, forgiven. She's, um, she's literally uh, on my lap right now, <laughs> but 
she loves she looks very happy i know she loves kiss she loves 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 kisses i'm big yeah. on consent with dogs as is jay and checking that dogs are enjoying the interaction that we are um luna is not big on giving me consent testing <laughs> she just shoves her face <laughs> in my face because she wants kisses um like she wants me to give her kisses or cuddles um so yeah her face was just in front of my face for a second there um so sorry if you heard any rustling <laughs> yes finn's exactly the same if i'm not fussing him and he wants me to fuss him he will grab hold of my arm with his paw and pull it to where he wants <laughs> yeah. to be stroked yeah. <laughs> and by the way just a real side note I'm totally okay. If your dog's not doing anything that you really don't want to reinforce, like demand barking and things like that. If your dog's saying, hey, I want attention and they're asking for it nicely, give it to them. It's totally okay. You don't need to be like, oh, you're asking for attention. If I start to give you attention when you ask for it, you're always going to ask for it. Actually, you find after a period of time, your dogs your dogs just ask for it when they want it. They're not going to come up all the time. Um, and they kind of just learn that if that is freely available for them when they when you know, when 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 they kind of want a bit of attention and a bit of fuss, actually find the demanding type behaviours actually dissipate. What what you can also do is you can teach a cue to tell your dog if it's not a good time. You know, if, if you're doing something that can't be interrupted, you can actually, um, Finn knows in a minute. He knows then that I'll finish whatever I'm doing and then he can have attention. Yeah, I say, I don't think mine's as polite, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> She's been taught something <laughs> and she knows it all. She hasn't, it's not been taught. It's all been taught kindly, of course, but I thought it'd be quite funny to, to make it something that's a bit rude. <laughs> I'm not going to. Actually, yes. What, one of my, my sheep working dogs back in the dim and distant days, her cue to, to stop asking for something did end in the word off. <laughs> she, she'd just wander off. Yeah. I mean, this episode, because it's like a family one, we won't be swearing in it, but you could, you can put two and two together. <laughs> yeah. Again, as Louise said, talk kindly, but the wording just. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Say it in a jovial way. It's quite yeah. funny. Anyway, um, was there anything else you wanted to mention on interactive games before we move on to our final topic? No. No. I, I think that's, that's given some ideas. Yeah. The last one is tug toys. Um, you can make your own tug toys, in fact. Um, again, utilize those old jumpers and t-shirts. Make, you know, get creative with it. Um, and this, as we've talked in, I think it was in our myth busting episode, playing tug with your dog, dog is not going to cause them to become aggressive. Um, they know it's again, they know it's very cooperative, in fact, and it's a really healthy outlet for them. Um, but yeah, you can lit, you know, get a t- get an old t-shirt. Cut it up into strips, as Jay said. Make sure the thread is—it's not have got the bit with the thread on. So you don't normally get stitching, maybe around a neck or a sleeve or at the waist. You know, don't have those bits, but use the t-shirt or, or the jumper material, and you can plait it. You know, into sort of braid it into kind of little tug toys or um, looping looping ends and and tying knots and you know get creative with it yeah you can you can make figure eights yeah, and all sorts yeah. of stuff it's a really really easy way we've all got some old t-shirts that we don't use anymore we've all got those old jumpers that are just a bit rank and maybe we don't have the heart to throw them away repurpose them <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly and one more thing with tug there is nothing wrong with letting your dog win sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. It, Please. it keeps it fun for them because if they always lose yeah if they if they're always on the losing side it takes the fun out of it out of them i mean I, I play tug with, with Finn a lot and 
you know, I, I will let him win. I will let go of the toy. And he just, he brings it back and puts it in my hand because what he's after is the yeah. interaction. He doesn't want to win. Yeah. He just wants the game to keep going and for it to be equal. Well, that is our last and final tip on today's short episode on enrichment ideas on a budget. Let us know if you like it. Let us know if you'd like us to do it again and we'll try and come up with some more creative ideas as well. Or if there's anything that you want to hear on the podcast, always, always, always get in touch with us. Um, you know, DM us on Instagram, email us. Um, my email um is info at canine-friends.com. My um, social media handles across Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at, are at canine-friends-uk. Um, and you can get in touch with me on any of those resources. And, and Jay also is on uh, Facebook and Instagram and email as well. Yeah, yeah. My email is jay at goodguardianship.com. And I can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Good Guardianship or at Blue Mile Minion. Brilliant. We really hope you've enjoyed today's short episode and we look forward to coming back next week for episode four of season two for something probably a little bit more heavy hitting. See you next week. Bye.